Welcome to another episode of On the Floor. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager at Bona Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. Before we get going on this on this podcast, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, I, I really think as uh, the hardwood floor community, the hardwood floor contractors and mechanics are, are kind of a brotherhood and uh, we share so much in common. And uh, uh, we lost a really good guy last week. And I just want to dedicate this to Steve Kuhn, uh, a contractor in Pittsburgh, who was a wonderful human being, a wonderful craftsman. And a humble, kind person who shared his, uh, his knowledge with everybody. I just want to uh, pay my respects to him and his family. So, Rob, we're going to talk about sealers. I've always said that a perfect finished job is a constantly moving target. It's dictated by job site conditions, application technique, and chemistry. And the finishing system starts with the sealer. And an area some people will struggle with, and there's some nuances there and some changes in the technology. And I know you, you uh, do so much training about this. And uh, so I'd like to, let's talk about sealers today. I think, you know, I'm looking back at what we do at the schools. And I think we work just as hard on sealers, probably harder on sealers than just about anything else. I've always been the firm believer that we get that first seal coat down, everything else is going to fall into place. But if that first seal coat doesn't get down correctly, we're going to fight it for the next three or four coats, two or three coats. I was a contractor in California when water-based finish came out. And this is, it goes way back in the late 70s. And um, they brought this water-based finish out to us. And this is a sealer, you know, used to use an oil base. That was all there was at the time. And so we've been using sealers for uh, a while, maybe a few months, what have you. But knowing this was the future of technology, you know, we, we want to make sure we get on board. And I had a new apprentice with me for that day. You know, he may work with me for a couple of weeks. I don't, on the way to the job, I tell... Did you go through go a lot of apprentices? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Not yeah. we. Not we. Yeah I, yeah, I went through a lot of apprentices. You went through a lot I, of apprentices, huh? This might explain why. Okay. So on the way to the job site, I tell this kid, I say, hey, listen, uh, you know, we're going to be using some new technology on this job. It's, uh, you know, it's water-based sealers and uh, it's not something I do every day. So it stresses me out a little bit more. So just to let you know, he goes, okay. So we get to the job and this is a, this is a, in Ruby Hills, which is a really high end neighborhood in, in Northern California. And it was a maple floor with, uh, we put jar of feature strip in, nice corners and what have you, beautiful job. So we're coating the floor. And I'm, I'm new to this technology, you know, and I'm coating the floor and I'm, I'm on the first gallon and I'm, I'm cussing it right away. And you I'm, never I'm worked, mad. you never work with water base ever, not even practice. Oh, I, I, yeah, a few jobs, a few jobs, but it was, it was still new. It's hot out. You know, the technology was just getting off the ground and uh, the architect wanted it on this job. So I'm coating the floor and before I get, I'm already cussing it, you know, two feet into the job. And it's new construction. And I got done with the first gallon. I opened up the, the window, the, the uh, sliding door, and I booted it as far as I could across the lawn. I'm working on the second gallon. And I'm, I'm cussing this second gallon. I'm fighting the finish and everything. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. And the kid's not, now the kid's not saying anything. He went from talking about his girlfriend and, you know, being now happy. Now the kid's not saying anything. I get done with the second 
get on the finish. I open up the front door and I boot it as far as I can out the front door. Open up the third can. I work our way towards the front of the door. I get to the front of the door. I walk outside. I snap the applicator over my over my knee and I throw it in the front yard. And the kid looks at me and I said, well, first coat went pretty good. So that's where I started with technology and, and, and water-based finishes. So I'm excited to hear your, and I know you go way back as a trainer and uh, from the very beginning with this technology. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to your, your thoughts well, on I'll this. Tell you, I, I hate to tell you how old I am, but this is how old I am. The guy who taught me how to run the T-bar invented the T-bar. Really? Yeah. Back, uh, you know, my family history, we did a lot of bowling alleys. And water-based finish really, that was one of the first, we were one of the first people to get the water-based finish. And it was easy. There was 30 companies in the country that were doing gyms and bowling alleys and commercial work. So it was easy for the companies in the beginning, the manufacturers of water-based in the beginning, to get out there and train people on the correct use of T-bars and applications and airflow and all that stuff. So mine was completely different than yours. Like I said, I was trained by the trainers. So it went pretty easy and it's been easy for me ever since. But that was really the big learning curve was the difference between when you did it and when I did it was all in the training. And that's why there's so many people out there, older guys, who won't look at water base because they had kind of the failures that you did. You were a tough guy. You stuck it out and knew that that was the future. But there were a lot of guys who just had that one bad taste in their mouth and never went back to it. Really, I think one of the big keys is airflow. Airflow, really two keys, airflow and coverage rates. If you put it down too thin, it's not going to work well. If you put it down and there's a ton of airflow going across, it's going to dry too quick and it's not going to have time to flow and level. And what you have to remember also is that first coat is being dried from both sides. That bare wood is sucking the moisture out from the bottom and the air is sucking it out from top. So that first coat, like I said, that is the one that you have to get down right. Shut off the airflow. Make sure you're getting plenty of finish down, good coverage rates. Once you start doing this, you're going to have some some really good success with this product. Interesting. So airflow. So you're when you're coating, you want dead air in the house then, right? I want everything off. I want windows shut, fans off. I don't even want heaters kicking on. When I'm prepping a floor, I'll turn the heat up to let's say 74, 75 degrees. And then right before I'm going to coat, I'll turn it down to 66. So if there's forced hot air heating, it's not going to blast on. But remember to ask before you touch somebody's thermostat. There was one job I did that, cranked it up and then cranked it down. And I came in the next day and the guy, I've never seen a guy more upset. Because I touched his thermostat. So I'm trying to explain to him why I was touching. I would have been better off making a pass at his wife than touching his thermostat. So if you're going to start messing with people's thermostats, make sure you say something to somebody. Because it's uh, 
I found out it's a very personal thing. People's thermostats. I'm actually like that myself, so I uh, I understand that. So let's 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 say you're the contractor in Arizona. What are you going to do differently than the contractor in Florida? Anything? You're putting the sealers down. Well, I'm going to coat it a different part of the day. I'm going to coat yeah. when it's cool. I'm not going to coat when it's hot. I'm not going to coat when there's hot spots coming through the windows. I mean, there's different things you can do. The three mil clear poly that'll let the natural sunlight in, but block out the heat. But uh, those are some of the things that I'm going to do different is when I choose to coat. I I saw a guy in Arizona. It's so hot and dry. As soon as it touches the floor, it sets up. So they, they take a, a, a rag uh, and tape blue tape on the outside of the pail. So any drips get caught up in that blue rag. And uh, I thought pretty smart idea. I know. I'm only saying this because I know the answer. And you and I couldn't be more on different channels or this. When do you like to intercoat a braid? So when do I intercoat a braid? Oh, well, there's there's a couple camps on that. Even even intercoat of braiding is a is a whole nother topic. You know, with our with our finishes and sealers, as long as you're within 48 hours, you don't have to abrade for uh, for t- in order for it to bond, correct? Yes. And so some guys will put the first coat down, and they they won't inter, inter, inter braid that coat until they put the second coat on. And I'm I'm actually to me the whole thing is the preparation. If you've it's like you said on the first coat. If the first coat goes good, you're in good shape. That goes way back before the finishing starts or the, even the sealer starts. And it's the job site prep. Uh, making sure that job is spotless, vacuuming, tacking the floor, controlling your airflow. If there's debris in that finish, it's only going to come from one of three places. It's going to come from me. It's going to come from the job site that maybe I, my, me or my guys didn't clean well enough. Or it's going to come from my applicator that we didn't, we didn't clean. Um, so if that job is set up right and depending on, on expectations and what you're trying to achieve, a lot of times you don't even need to abrade it until the second coat goes on. Uh, I didn't used to believe that way until I started working with, uh, with, uh, intense seal, uh, that powders. And that's one thing, you know, you talk about the changes in the technology, you know, the old water-based sealers didn't abrade very easily. And now look at, uh, Intense steel and amber seal, they, they abrade like talcum powder. So if it's set up right and if the first coat goes on good and everything, uh, the debris, your applicator, everything is, is the way you want it, a lot of times you don't need to abrade until that second coat goes on. So guys going with a white stained floor or sometimes they're worried about the biting into that stain a little bit uh, on the buffer, uh, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad technique. Did I answer your question? No, I'm, I am. Yeah, I was. I'm shocked. You finally came over to the good side. I never want to abrade that first coat. I, I always want to get a second down before I try to do any abrading, uh, just in case there was a thin spot or, you know, something that you miss a little bit. When you abrade it, it's going to highlight it. But, um, you know, this reminds me of a video I saw you in one time. You know the video I'm oh. going to talk about here? Yeah, that video has been deleted from the internet now, so I thought it was gone. All right, so one day I'm looking at one of Wayne's videos. They deleted it, huh? Actually, there was 50,000. Hold on. There was 50,000 people. That's a Coliseum. Elvis Presley couldn't have sold out the Oakland Coliseum when I put that out. And I had a lot of hits on that video. Absolutely. Yes. I should not have given my phone number. Right. Yes. 
So I get a call from the marketing people and they said, have you seen Wayne's video? And I said, no, I haven't. They said, well, what the hell is he wearing on his head? So I go to the video, I look at the video and it looked like Wayne had a giant condom on his head. That's exactly what it looked like. So what, why were you wearing a giant condom on your head? Okay, what you're referring to is what they call a painter's sock. And um, yes, uh, you know, when you charge the amount of money that I can charge, Rob, that you, you go to, you don't leave any bullets in the chamber. Uh, like I said, that hair in the finish is something that you've been afflicted with and you know, not, don't have to worry about. But people that have hair, um, you know, a hair in finish, I've seen a hair stop a $5,000 check, a small hair three inches in length. So uh, just one more thing. You know, I wear long sleeve shirts. I see guys coating in shorts. And, and, and listen, I live in the South now, so I, I've, I've softened my stance a little bit. The, the heat is something back here that we didn't have to deal with in California. But, um, you know, coating in shorts, short sleeves and all that kind of stuff, man, I take everything into consideration. And um, um so yeah, I had that on my head for. So what was that? You know what I think you should do for everybody who's listening to this. I'm not going to put that picture out. I no, I think you should take a new one. No, I, no, I really, I think a lot of people are going to call and they're going to want to see that. They're gonna, they're gonna send emails. They want to see that. Yeah, I think you should think about it. Yeah, I've thought about it. I, I've, I've, I've had people from Germany and Australia call me about it. So I've, uh, I've retired that video. <laughs> so let me ask you this uh it's winter time it's cold out and it's it's summertime and it's 95 degrees out any difference do i need to acclimate the finish the sealer any of that kind of stuff of course all that's gonna have to be acclimated you want it to be cold finish on a hot floor hot finish on a cold floor it's just something that you don't want it's gonna take away your flow and leveling everything that we want to happen on these coats is to have everything flow and level out correctly. Airflow, coverage rates, hot finish on a cold floor, cold finish on a hot floor. You know, also you had that that uh, finish or sealer sitting in the van in the summertime, it's 85 degrees out inside that van. It could be 115 degrees inside that van. Um, so all those things, man, you know, I always say that if you look at the amount of things that you've got going on your side of the equation as a floor man, and if you look at how many things you have going against you, the more things you can put on your side of that equation, uh, the, the, the better your odds are of, of getting that job done and getting on to the next one and getting paid and, and not have to worry about callbacks. Uh, there's a uh, Even cleaning the applicators. If I know I'm coating a floor on Thursday and, and I'm breaking in a new T-bar, I'll come home Monday night and I'll clean the T-bar. I'll come home Tuesday night, I'll clean the T-bar and Wednesday, and then I'll clean it three or four times before I put that on a new floor. Um, a lot of guys will save their applicators. You also want to make sure you don't cross-contaminate them, right? Is that why Judy doesn't talk to you? You spend all this time when you get home cleaning applicators and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it, 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 I can't help what this is. I mean, you know, I mean, that's just, you know. Maybe yeah, pay a little bit more attention to your wife and less to the applicators and, you know, things might be better for you. You won't have yeah, to be well. chasing other women, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I've been married 37 years. Where am I going to go? Oh, um, why do you keep yes. sending Pauline stuff? 
That's what I don't get. Well, I, 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 I between think sending she's... Pauline stuff and cleaning your applications, you have no time for your own wife. Well, you know, I, I, I feel bad for Pauline. As I said, I, I, I think she could have done better. That's, that's it. I just, I, I feel bad for her. So, Rob, um, I know you come from the gym floor side of the business as well. I mean, uh, on the sports floor. And some of the new technology there with uh, with tinting the finish with uh, some products. And why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, if you're going to do something like that, uh, we have an awesome product called Intense Seal. Uh, the Intense Seal, to me, the Intense Seal is our workhorse. You can do two coats of Intense Seal on one day, come back the next day, abrade it, and put down a coat of poly. We call that our hybrid system, where we do a water base coat and an oil top coat. Uh, the other thing about the Intense Seal, tinting, you can tint it with paint, you can tint it with dyes, trans tints, uh, the bonus sport paint, give you all sorts of different looks, colors, textures. We were talking in the last podcast about textured floors. We do a mix of Super Sport black paint, 60%, and 40% Intense Seal on that wire brush floor. It's just one of the most amazing looks. I'm actually going to do it in my office. But the Intense Seal, like I said, it's a workhorse. It does so many things and it can be used naturally too. Just regular two coats of it with water base on top. But um, I know you've worked with Trans Tints. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been working with Trans Tints for many, many years. And, um, I think it's one of the, I mean, you talk about things that you don't leave at home when you're a floor guy. Transcend is one of those things for me. Um, you know, in the, in the old days, if you, you know, the homeowner came back and goes, oh, you know, I, I, the stain is too too light. I thought it was going to be darker than that. I thought it was going to be more red or more ambered. Or is there any way you can get a little bit more ambered? And once the floor is sealed or once the floor has got stain on, there's not a lot you can do. I don't like trick trick staining the floor. We know that's wrong. Um, so adding trans tint to finish, to me, it, it can be a game changer. It's one of those things you don't want to have to do, but when you need it, it can be a good tool. Same thing with Mixol. Mixol works exceptionally well with our with our uh, sealers and finishes. Uh, you mentioned Bona, Bona's paint as well. Uh, be aware that if you are going to tint a floor, it is a highly skilled process and um you really really got to make sure that you're you're feathering out your your uh, turns and your uh, you know you have to be very diligent way more so than than any other technique so if you are going to venture i i suggest make up a panel or do it up practice somewhere you can practice it somewhere but being able to tint your sealers is a is, can be a lifesaver on on jobs um you also might be aware that uh, those uh, trans tints and what have you can, you know, are color fast. So they can lose some of that color in sunlight. So be aware of that. But uh, uh, really, also you can add some depth to color, uh, which is, works really nice. I had a guy, we know on the color wheel, green kills red. Uh, and I had a guy that, you know, put in a red oak floor next to a white oak floor. Uh, these guys mistakenly did it. And when they sanded it, they realized, oh, I'm, we got two different color floors here. And added green to the uh, to the red floor to the red oak floor, and while it wasn't perfect, 
it was 80% better and he got a check. So, um, you know, it's, uh, tinting the floors can be really, and now on the, on the gym side of the business for a hundred years, whenever you saw a gym floor, it was the same thing. It was a natural finish, oil base or water finish, painted lines, you know, for the three point line and what have you. Uh, now that part of the industry is just, it's a whole nother world. I mean, if you turn on the NCAA playoff, uh, uh, the, uh, basketball games or the uh, NBA game and see a lot of that that's going on. It's incredible. I know you were down there with, uh, why don't you talk about some of the ones you were on? Uh, the pictures you sent were incredible. They were all fake. I wasn't on any of those jobs. You super uh, imposed yourself on those or photoshopped yeah, yourself yeah, on them? Yeah, I photoshopped nice. myself in. Nice. Um, well, you know, a lot of what we learned uh, in the sport business Actually, we were calling that the uh, Bona Glaze system, where we would be taking one to two cups of the paint and adding that to a gallon of Intensio. Well, you know, at our last school, we did one cup of gray paint to one gallon of Intensio. And that gray floor that so many people are looking at, we achieved so simple, so quick, no water popping, no staining, no none of that stuff. Just with doing the Bona Glaze, the, that gray. You know, the gray is a huge look that people always are coming to the school and asking, how do we achieve that? And it's just so simple to achieve it with that. Um, you know, another another sealer that... I remember when I came from sport into training and they said, we have five sealers. And I thought, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Until I started working with it. And now I'm like, I, I wish we had more. Because what we can do with our sealers, you know, how many times have you heard when you were sanding floors, you're screening, you're vacuuming, you're tacking, you're getting ready to lay that first coat, and the homeowner walks in and she said, man, if it would just stay that color. How, how many times do you think you heard that in your life? Oh, oh, 100%. Absolutely. How many times? Yep. Hundreds. Everybody's heard, everybody's heard that. Every yeah. floor guy that. out there has heard if it would just stay that color when they're looking at the bare wood. And I go back to the, you know, we follow the furniture trends. You see a lot of the furniture out there. Naked, doesn't look like there's anything on it. That's exactly what this sealer looks like. It does not look like there's anything on there. It's, it is one of the most amazing sealers I've ever seen in my life. I've seen a lot of different sealers. But this one, when I tell people... You're going to make money. We're going to teach you how to make money. I told this to my kid. I said, buy a case of this stuff. Always have it in your truck. And when you hear the homeowner say, man, if we just stay that color, you go, hey, you know what? For 30 cents a foot, I can do that. It's not going to cost you any extra. You're buying sealer anyways. And that gives them the exact look. When people ask for something, I'm not going to say money is no object, but money usually isn't a big deal. And my kid called me. He goes, man, I hate it when you're right. He said, Some, the woman said that. I said, well, I have this. And he charged her an extra 50 cents per foot. So this natural seal is just, it's amazing. I, every time I put it down, I get excited about it. Let me ask you something. Uh, why use a sealer in the first place? Why not? Why not just put... Traffic on the floor, or mega on the floor, or what have you. What what what's the purpose of a sealer anyhow? Well, to make it really to break it down, and be really simple about it, and not you know get too lab guy on this. 
Sealers stick better to wood. Finishes stick better to sealers. Finishes don't stick well to wood. The polymers are too big and too rigid and they don't get down into the pores of the wood. Where the polymers and sealers are more flexible. They're smaller. They get down and they make a good foundation. They attach themselves into the vessels of the wood and then the finish goes on top. The real big difference between the old sealers and the new sealers is now the sealers we have also give us build. You and I were both around the being a water base when we started using it. You do three coats of water base, and I'm like, uh, uh, it looks a little thirsty. Are you sure you're done? You know, the old sealers just didn't have the build. They had penetration, but no build. Today's sealers, we get lots of build on these, and that's why it looks so good. Hey, Wayne, have you ever tried our amber seal? Yeah, uh, we actually, uh, in California, we, we uh, worked on quite a bit of exotic wood. And um, I really like the amber, amber seal for that reason alone. Uh, it's actually a close cousin to the Intense Seal. They're pretty much the same product, but it has more amber color to it. So, And whenever we had to do like a, a Brazilian cherry or something, we want to add more depth to it. Uh, or if somebody says, you know, I like to, I want all the benefits of the water base, but I, I want more of an oil-based look to it. We put two coats of the amber seal on. Uh, again, it abrades beautifully, powders real nice and everything. So uh, it's one that we got, we've had in the lineup for a long time and it's not going to go anywhere. So a lot of guys T-bar the, uh, Rob, I, mean, I know in your class, a lot of guys will T-bar a roll. Are you seeing more guys rolling sealers or T-barring them? I tell everybody, stay with what you're comfortable with. These sealers can be rolled or T-barred. I happen to be more comfortable T-barring my sealers. That's just, you know, personal preference. That's why it's so good to know how to do both. But um, I, I do want to touch on, I think one of the, I say our sealers are so amazing, but I, I saw this one work uh, in my own house, the Nordic seal. I don't know if, uh, if do you ever work with the Nordic seal? Have you ever tried that one yet? No, as a contractor, I was out of the trade when Nordic Seal came out. But uh, I've been on a lot of job sites. No, I wouldn't say a lot of job sites. I'd say a handful of job sites with guys using the Nordic Seal. Well, you know that third child I have, Rebecca, that people say I never mention. You remember Rebecca? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yes, Pauline. Well, she moved out. About her. She moved out of the house, and Pauline said to me, "I'd like to turn Rebecca's bedroom into my office." And that I was said, actually my idea. Oh, was that your idea? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you I know, told her, I, I said, said Pauline, pa Pauline, she's out of the house now. You know, you should turn that into an office. Well, you should have helped me do the floors then if it was your freaking idea. No, but I told her to use Nordic Seal. <laughs> so Pauline says, I want to turn Rebecca, my third child, want to turn her bedroom into a office. I, I need an office. And I said, well, why wouldn't you need an office? You work two part-time and one full-time day a week. I mean, yeah, let's build you an office. You definitely need one. So she says, I want the floors pickled. So I said, okay, great. I got the perfect finish for it. So I sanded the floors, put down one coat of Nordic Seal. And I said, there you go, that's pickled. And I saw the look on her face. And you know, I knew for a fact that she'd be complaining to you if I didn't fix it. So I said, well, I don't like that look. Uh, let me try another coat. 
And that's the beauty of this is you can dial in what white, which white is white for you. Pickled, weathered, white. I mean, you can go eggshell. You can go on and on and on. By the time I got the third coat down of Nordic, she was very happy. She probably t called you and told you how excited she was yeah. that I could. I, I finally I, I pulled it off. I recommended the third coat. I said, he's not going to like it. You know, just, just tell him you really want that third coat. But that's the amazing part about this Nordic seal is just adding a few extra coats and really start to dial in. And I've had guys at schools tell me I'm charging 40 cents a square foot extra every time they want me to pop another coat. And people love it. They come in, they look at it, they go, geez, that's perfect. Or mm, let's try one more coat where they're not even talking money. Like I keep going back to this all the time about you need to make more money. We're going to show you how to make money. This is another money maker. Once you get into the Nordic seal and start talking to the homeowner about how she can really dial in the color she's looking for. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a nice addition to, uh, to the sealers for sure. Uh, if you look at the past, if you wanted that white look, I mean, you know, you, you, you had a white stain uh, back in the 80s, and uh, it was, which was a challenge. And actually, there's more pigments and the dry time is longer and what have you. And you're waiting, you know, two or three days sometimes in the old days before you could put finish over top of it. And, uh, you know, you know, You know, the other thing, too, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. The Nordic looks amazing on red oak, white oak, maple, ash. I mean, it's just it gives us so many options that we didn't have before for a white floor. Yeah, and my favorite uh, is is on maple. I think two coats on maple is stunning. Hey, Wayne, I, are we done? Yeah. All right, we're I don't gonna, think we're not rolling anymore, right? Last night, uh, we did karaoke last night. Oh. You did? Yeah, don't people, tell me you people were closing their eyes, and they really thought they heard Dean Martin. How lucky really? could one guy be? All right. I kissed her and she kissed me. Oh, like man. the fellow once said. This is another episode of On the Floors with the Rob head. Johnson, Wayne Highlander. Stay the tuned. The room for was another, completely black. Another episode next week. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the fellow once said. Ain't that a kick in the head? <laughs> <laughs>